Dive in. Good morning and welcome to River Radio, the voice of the Thames Valley. You're listening to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies. Good morning, Rebecca. Hello, Rachel. It's so lovely to have you back again. And this morning we are going to be talking with Rebecca about parental guilt, that super mum image, and matrescence I've just asked Rebecca how to say that so it's like adolescence matrescence matrescence so even though you did tell me I still messed that up but most importantly um, Rebecca is going to give us some top tips with those with those things so um, keep listening email rachel at river.radio with questions that you might have for Rebecca and or you can send us a tweet or message on Instagram or Facebook all at River Radio Live so first of all tell us a bit about yourself Rebecca and your business Yes, of course. Um, So I'm a life coach and I loved finding out about coaching because it's something that's really helped me become a better parent. So um, I found that I wanted to sort of work out why I was finding it hard, which is why I do the job I do, because um, I was wondering why it was more difficult than I expected it to be. So I came into coaching really with lots of questions as to, okay, so how do you do do this? How do you get someone from feeling like this to feeling how they want to feel? So you weren't a coach before you became a parent? No. Ah, no. no. I was a reflexologist when I became a parent. So I'd already given up my corporate career because I wanted something that fitted around my family. Yes, yeah. And I loved the reflexology. I particularly worked with mums that were, well people trying to get pregnant mums when they were pregnant and then afterwards they'd come back too yeah and um yeah the whole the whole thing fascinated me around how how you can do this work on yourself and feel better about life and I just wanted to know if it could help me so I started training to become a coach and have coaching on myself at the same time and is that because then so you were finding it challenging yes okay so you kind of went so was it to you wanted to sort of help yourself first and then realize actually I'm absolutely not the only one in this boat yes because I, <laughs> I think people. that was the problem Rachel is that I thought that it was just me that there was something maybe wrong with me that I just wasn't oh. cut out to be a mum and it didn't come easily to me mm. and I sometimes wonder if it's because I went through the infertility and okay. then when I finally became a mum that it was why was it so hard you know I've wanted this Mm. for so long and I did open up to parents but I didn't always get much time you know what it's like meeting new mums and you're having a coffee but it's more about the children than Mm. having a chat you know you might get a little bit of a conversation going but only so much so um, it was when I went into coaching to sort of find out how I could do it better or feel better about it that I realised actually it wasn't just me. And the Mummerising course that I've done late, lately, which is by Amy Taylor-Kabaz, she's the lady who's really brought matrescence out 
into the world it was known about before but she's the one that's really and what was the name of the course you just said mama rising oh okay yeah so I'm a mama rising facilitator now so you learn how to coach mums but you're coached yourself so even in the last sort of six months I feel like I've come on leaps and bounds in terms of enjoying motherhood and feeling Mm. confident with it and my daughter's six now so matrescence is something you can find out about at any age and it will help you to bond with your child more to connect as a family more now I mean I hadn't heard the term at all until until you you last came on and I just hadn't heard it and then I did a bit of research on it and I hadn't realized how it well it's obviously is quite a well-known term yeah I mean obviously um, I understood the concept so tell us a bit more about the term and what I mean the concept is obviously going from not being a mum to becoming a mum but (laughs) yes yes so um Donna Raphael was the lady that brought about the the word doula and that's when doula became really oh okay it was in the 60s and 70s um but the matrescence word didn't really come into conversation as as much as the doula word so um there's been a lot of work by Dr Aurelie Athen in the states and then Dr Alexander Sachs has got a brilliant TED talk which you can listen to if you just type in matrescence Alexander Sachs um, or even matrescence TED talk she comes Mm. up and she likens it to adolescence where you go through all these changes your body's changing that's pregnancy and your hormones are raging and you're trying to find your way in the world again and it's Mm. this whole split of who was I before and how do I hold on to that and then Mm. who do I become to be Mm. the best mum I can be and how you blend the two okay it's it would be nice to have that information before though wouldn't it yes (laughs) and I was actually at an our baby club event in Henley yesterday uh, sorry Sunday talking to mums to be Oh, okay. Yeah, which is quite new for me because I've been talking more to mums that are saying, hey, I'm finding this hard, can you help me? Yeah. Whereas this was talking to new mums. And the mayor came along, actually. The mayor of Headley came along. Ah. And, um, yeah, we had a really nice session with um, just helping mums understand. Is that a new thing then? So to, to as in to actually be talking to people before? Because, of, I mean, I remember, so uh, my children are sort of, teen and a tween but remember going to the classes um before antenatal classes yes um and then also doing you know the nct NCT. doing the nct um and but it was it it was a lot more practical advice yes you were given Yes. As in sleeping or feeding or all those kinds of things. Yeah, changing nappies, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah I mean, so there might have been a bit of the emotional side touched on, but I can't really recall no, that. This, this is what I think we're coming to, is that our baby club talks about themselves being the modern antenatal revolution. And okay. matrescence and Amy Taylor Cabaz's work, she calls herself an activist because it is still quite new to have this information before it is normally about finding out about how your baby's growing how mm. you're changing but it I think you're right it's still quite in the practical and is she is she a UK or Amy is Taylor this Australian actually oh right and another, okay yeah a lot, a lot of the, the ladies that I have as mentors and I follow um to sort of keep keeping this sort of mindset yes are Australian oh, <laughs> that's Dr. Brock isn't as well. it? okay yeah, really well I well I ask because of, often mm. that is the case isn't it that 
they're possibly, oh, I don't want to, should I say that they're slightly ahead, but they are sometimes slightly ahead on, on concepts or theories, especially in relation to emotional side of things. Yes, well, it's not very English, is it, I suppose? Yeah. And yeah. I think where there's more um, sort of thought about your your health and going privately, that allows people to maybe be offered more. So yes. the NHS obviously does a wonderful job for us here, but they can only offer so much. So mm. maybe only so much is talked about because that's what's on offer normally. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. So so let's, um, I mean, let's have a chat about why do we, you know, when, when we become um, parents, um, become a, a mother, so we know that there is this, um, change that we go through so as you said it's a bit like adolescence um, now obviously I suppose with adolescence the difference is we we know about it don't we we know it's gonna I mean even when we were adolescents ourselves but we just know it is talked about um, unfortunately I talked about a lot more in terms of from a mental health perspective which is great um, so there's obviously some you know that information is getting out there that that's what um, people go through but I think we would have possibly known it before as I remember when we were chatting previously um, you know we we're talking about where as a mum you're still working perhaps part-time and then you're raising your family and there's that whole battle of I can't I, you know I remember myself having to accept I actually can't do or it felt as if I couldn't be a hundred percent one or the other there was always this continuous battle going on yes and I love that you've brought that up because that's what matrescence does it acknowledges that you're going through the changes and that they're mm. big and that it's not just you everyone feels this in some way um, and the other big concept of matrescence is this split and this push and pull so when you become a mum you're delighted aren't you it's mm. amazing it's magical and you want to be the best mum you can possibly be I went into it thinking I'm going to be the 10 out of 10 mum, I'm going to give it my all, I'm going to be mm. able to do it all. It's, I thought it was going to be easy. And the oxytocin is there that your body produces to give you that pull to your baby, that whenever your baby cries and needs you, that you you will be there. Um, but that we've also got this brain that we've developed and this sense of self of who we are as a woman. And that is a big identity change to suddenly mm. try and blend the two because you still want to be able to look after yourself you have to be able to look after yourself to be the best mum but it's like how how much of each do yes. you do yeah because you need to raise an independent child and you know that logically but then it's quite hard to 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 do that to, to am I doing enough um, and is there more is there more pressure today you think than say decades ago where it was I mean I'm not not saying it was the case for everybody but it was if we go back decades it was more accepted wasn't it whereas today it there is that pressure to return well I'm not saying yet people have to return but there is a bit more pressure isn't there in terms of returning to work and yes. you know and doing doing Definitely. both I think the way we feel successful in life today is quite a masculine set of skills to be achieving things, to be doing things, to be, you know, earning a contribution to the family income. Mm. And it's weird to step back from that. It's strange. It can mm. feel very uncomfortable. So that's why we quite often take mums back to what are your values? What have you always wanted motherhood to be and to feel like? And what 
what matter what matters most so you can't do everything but you can do anything but you can't do everything so yeah how much time do you want to take off with your baby when do you feel ready to go back to work there's some really big discussions that that we have okay and I guess as you're going along as well those values are going to change yes. aren't they yes, so it might be you know before I, I, you know I know thinking back to conversations well of course I'm going to be going back to work of course I'll go back full time of course you know and all this kind of thing where actually when it happens I know for myself I then went back to work part-time um fortunately I was able to do that and go back go back part-time obviously we also do have that juggle of um childcare how much that costs so actually when you kind of weigh it up you know sometimes um if if people haven't got extended family I suppose that's the other thing that's different isn't it that might um, I mean, I know there are a lot more grandparents and that involved, aren't there? It's a massive part of the community, grandparents looking after children because childcare costs, are, you know, are so high. But if you don't have that around you, we didn't have that around us. We don't have family nearby. Um, that wasn't an option. So no, it wasn't an option for us either. And I had the added complexity, like a lot of mums do, that my daughter had some physical needs. So she had hip dysplasia and it, it was nowhere near as as bad as it could have been like it was rectified quite satisfactorily but obviously lots of mums have children with additional needs Mm. so you might not even though you could afford it you might choose not to put your child in so as you say things come up as you parent your child and I didn't want to put my child into care until she was at the same level as the other children in the nursery Um, for some mums they wait till school you know every time you have another child your matrescence starts again as well so childcare has a lot to do with it definitely and we didn't have extended family and if you do I think that does lighten the load yes yeah definitely and do do fathers have this as much as a struggle as mothers or not to the same degree is it because they're just expected to be the main breadwinner I believe they do go through it Mm. um I think as much as we talk about matrescence needing to be spoken about more, patrescence exists as oh, well. Okay. And I remember holding my hand up to my husband and saying, I'm finding this really hard. And he said, me too. So it was great that I just had that open, honest conversation with him because we could work through how we could both have a yeah. bit more of what we needed. Yes, yeah. And that's a good point, point about open, honest conversations because... In those early days of the NCT, well, it might not be NCT, I don't know, um, any other, there's obviously other groups out there, but in those meetups, there is a lot of pressure in what baby is doing and how mothers are doing things. And now I'm really hoping that it has changed um, or perhaps there's a movement towards it changing I don't remember it, you know, I don't, you know, it was a lovely group I was part of and we're still in contact with some with some of those members. I'm not sure, though, we were all as open or as honest about it as we possibly could have been. No, we call it self-silencing. Oh, so in Mama okay. Rising um, and the training I've done with the facilitation, we massively talk about how women self-silence. But then the other side of things is sometimes you can get into a bit of a competition with the, with, with the mum's conversation of who's had the least sleep. Yes. So sometimes there's this element of not wanting to say you're struggling. But then there's right. also sometimes with the 
sort of expected struggles of yeah you're going to have to deal with less sleep of oh yeah well I, I've had so less sharing all the neg- okay right so the other extreme so yeah. you're sharing the negatives but then going oh this is really bad yeah so it's really <laughs> complex that? isn't oh, it okay yeah it's really complex yeah. like a lady on Sunday said oh I went to a, a pregnancy yoga and all the mums were saying what was hard and I didn't really have anything to say because actually I, I was doing really well I was really happy with how mm. my, my week or two weeks had gone and I felt like I had to sort of make something up oh yeah I suppose okay but but as you say quite often if you haven't done something that you feel you should have done you might not admit it you might just keep quiet yes rather than say actually I'm really struggling with that and actually if we're more open and honest it's how we get help so me and my husband managed to sort of find a way of helping each other or you know maybe we did reach out for childcare at that stage you know, yeah, it depends what. what which and I don't think having. I don't think when when you're in those group situations or you know um, if you're in that you know community of people, I don't think uh, you even kind of do it intentionally. It's not that you're intentionally covering up or masking anything. It's almost. I suppose the expectation isn't it of oh should I have been doing that or do I know about this or yes I'm going to do this way and then I'm going to have this opinion and this view or whatever yeah, so we probably just way. it's just con- yeah. a continuous questioning isn't it yeah which is probably not great to do as a new mum anyway <laughs> no it's really hard because it's a confusing time isn't it mm. there's so much to get to grips with you're mm. trying to recover yourself from a birth and then you're trying to get to know your baby you're trying to find your way as a family so it's you your husband and your baby or you may might already have other children yeah there's a lot a lot going on and at the end of the day you go to you go to your groups or your coffee mornings or you know your clubs whatever they are to chat about these things anyway so you're going to chat about it um so it's inevitable you I suppose there's going to be a little bit of comparison isn't there that uh, that what what do you call it the comparisonitis going on because it's the major part of your life isn't it that's going on so you know doesn't yeah. it? it means so much and you're all doing your best and sometimes you're just too tired to speak up maybe other times you might just want to be soaking up what other people say and other times you might be feeling a bit braver and want to air something to get some other people's views on it brilliant well let's have a bit of a song a song break so um we've had a chat about that and then when we when we come back let's talk a bit more why it's just so unnecessary to to feel that and this whole perfect mother this myth and this super mum image that there is and I love you you know this whole concept that you've uh, mentioned you've mentioned Rebecca about and I even hear myself doing it now the juster I'm just that that horrible word just that we put in front of things um, which basically we're minimizing ourselves aren't we so um, let's so diamonds Rihanna is one of the songs that you've picked tell us why that's that's a favorite because it talks about being happy and doing what you need to do to be happy and for me that's a really powerful message in motherhood it's about empowering yourself to do things your way and enjoy it more brilliant across the Thames Valley one more time across the Thames Valley this this is River Radio well now for some pop music try this shine bright like a diamond shine bright like a diamond We're like that. 
to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell. And my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies. And we have been chatting about parental guilt. Um, Yes, something that I think um, I imagine we're all familiar with, um, particularly mums. Now, obviously, we said that dads will, you know, obviously go through it. But particularly, we, you know, we do know that whole mum guilt concept. 
Um, so if you've missed anything in the first, first part of the show, you can listen again through our website or on podcast. Just search for River Radio School of Parenting. Um, you can listen to us on your mobile, um, on your Google app, Apple app, um, Alexa. Ask Alexa to play River Radio Live. And, of course, our website, you can listen to us as well, river.radio. So um, we were talking, we, we, we mentioned the, I'm going to just see if I can say it properly. Matrescence. I'm going, adolescence in my head. You say it. Matrescence. <laughs> so which is the whole um, moving from um, pre, how you were before you became a mother, basically. A woman um, to then going into becoming then a mother and how that that is I mean other than the physical changes of pregnancy and so on but that is a whole phase that we go through and perhaps hasn't been you know enough focus on what the emotional aspect is yes. it or the emotional side of it Ooh. versus just the practical yes your expectations like what you think it's going to be like and feel like to be a mum mm. often mm. it's more about how to look after the baby as you mentioned yeah and that whole identity we, yeah. we said that whole identity so um you know, we were talking about pressures and different opinions, a bit of that comparisonitis, comparisonitis. I can't speak. I need to put my <laughs> teeth in this morning. Um, but, I mean, why it is it is totally unnecessary, isn't it, to feel that guilt? I mean, we do, feel, obviously, I mean, you know, even as our children get older, I think it is a parental thing, just that that guilt, that that struggle all the time of, um, it's not just when your children are younger, because I know that I've, you know, <laughs> literally this week have gone through that, that, um, that guilt. And we just don't need to, do we? No, I mean, it, it's to do with expectations, I think. And it's the whole balance of how much do I help them and show them I love them and how much do I let them sort of grow their own wings and become independent and re- be resilient yeah it's exactly like between the two isn't it and I think that's we we so maybe we start off that we want to be that you know um you mentioned earlier about the whole I'm going to be the 10 out of 10 I'm going to be the perfect mother I'm going to do it the right way I'm maybe going to do it differently than my parents did it we want to perhaps you know um take that perspective and there's this whole super mum image that's out there I don't think we we haven't intentionally created it because why on earth would we do that to ourselves? But it's there, isn't it? Yeah, and it's kind of there from a very early age. So you watch your parents, you learn by mirroring your parents and those around you. So you will have taken on beliefs between the ages up to seven is a crucial time where we're sponges and we're soaking it all in. So some of so your when beliefs, we were children, you mean? Yes, okay, some of right. your beliefs will come back from when you were naught to seven. And then things that we soak up from the media. I mean, Instagram is huge right now, isn't it? And Facebook. But Instagram, we always talk about don't compare your 3D life with their 2D grid. Because oh, everyone I like puts, that. Yeah, everyone okay. puts their best selves on social media. Yes, yes. And that's not real life. And some of the mums are getting really good, especially on Instagram. I, I tend to be on Instagram more, so that's where I speak from. But there's great mums on there that are running their own lives, their blended families, their businesses, all sorts of different mums on there. And a lot of them now are being quite open and honest. Yes. But you still see these wonderful posts. And if you're having a down day sometimes, it's easier to focus 
on the negatives and the positives so to empower yourself and to yes. not live in this world of guilt is to recognize that that's not real life every day actually what I really love I'm trying to think of um oh, I think it might be called something like mummy banter or something and it's hilarious and she does these sketches um and whether it's on Instagram reels or videos or whatever it is but it's hilarious. So there, there is a lot more of that, isn't it? It's really looking at the funny side. And I think there's also another one, which is a couple of mums, you know, just really taking the mickey out of what basically happens. And and I think that does help, doesn't it? It almost yes. lightens. It does. Lightens it does. everything up. But, but as you said, there is that aspect of the the Instagram and the Facebook and let's put all the photos on and isn't this perfect and and I you know I I I sort of get that I think we just have to bear it in mind don't we and say this is this is um not real it's what you know uh, you probably wouldn't post a picture of your child having a massive tantrum would you it's not very kind Um, no (laughs) so you know the reality is you're going to post you know it's like if you post a picture of yourself you're not going to post a picture of yourself looking awful (laughs) um hopefully um well you might do if that I guess if that's your intention but you know you kind of you go, oh, I'll put, I'll put a nice picture up or something. So, um, yeah, but there is there is that pressure. So it's accepting, isn't it? I mean, how do we accept this whole that that it's okay for things to be a bit disorganised, a bit messy in life? Yes. I mean, motherhood is messy and that's okay is one of my big messages because like your child is learning how to crawl and then, mm. you know, well, eat first because... They wean and then they're learning to crawl. Then they're learning to walk. They fall over. How many times a day do they fall over? Mm. They just get back up. They have no worries over it. Whereas why do we feel like our first attempt has to be brilliant, amazing? Mm. So there's a phrase we use about you don't have to be um, perfect to be amazing as a mum. And it is about celebrating what you do well and keeping the positive in mind all the time. But knowing that you're not going to be a 10 out of 10 mum every day. You might rock it some days and think, Mm. wait, I've got it. And then the next day something will come up. You can't control it enough to be a 10 out of 10 mum every day. Mm. And some days I focus on me. Some days I focus on the house. And different seasons, different times in motherhood, you focus on different things. And that's okay. You can't do everything. I think, and and also as well, the whole knowing that you, if you, if you basically continue like that, you will burn out. Yes. Because, I, I mean, I know for myself, I think I always thought... Right, we're just when we when we get over this, maybe you know the first year, but then you go into the next phase. Then you go into the next. The phases don't end, and I kind of I wish. I mean, you know, obviously you, you use your intelligence and your common sense, and you know that there's always going to be. But I think I sort of expected these lovely longer periods, mm. <laughs> perhaps of. Where it would all be really plain sailing. Yes, I mean, yes. there obviously there are periods like that. But there are always phases that you're going through, isn't there, with your children? Yes, I liken it to the analogy of being okay with where you are weight-wise. So people talk about, don't think you'll be happy when you fit back in those jeans. Be happy now. And it's the same in motherhood. It's, I'm doing well now. I'm doing the best I can. And I'm Mm. doing what what I'm doing well. And being really mindful of that. Not waiting to, to be that 10 out of 10. Yes, yeah. Yeah, to feel okay, yes. I suppose. It yes. doesn't have to be. Uh, and I remember a big thing as well, I think, for myself 
was also, and I know I've I've chatted on the show about it before with other guests, is also letting go of the perfect day. Uh, you know, you get to the end of the day and go, oh yeah, that was a great day. And I, th- when I accepted that actually it's highly unlikely with a child, particularly a toddler, but really any age of child, it's there's no such thing is there as a perfect day and 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 as you said it doesn't you know things can be amazing and wonderful without being perfect so recognizing within the day oh that went well or oh we did a walk or that went well or you know if your children are older oh we got through the homework without a battle tonight uh maybe the bath was a battle though but not kind of looking at it as a all or nothing I suppose Yeah, absolutely. It's honouring the good bits and celebrating the good bits and learning from them as to, well, how come that worked out so well? And applying those to the next day, but not getting hung up if it doesn't work the next day, because children aren't predictable, are they? They don't come with a manual (laughs) or remote control. Um, And it's not all on us. It's not all about us as to whether they've behaved in a happy way that day or whether they've been cross that day. You know, we can't control their health and well-being so it's Completely. letting go of um, that, that that being our value, I suppose, Put, yes. putting, you know, our value on whether they are, and it is a really tricky one. I mean, mm-hmm. I know we, we have the um, wonderful Claire Cogan that comes in and talks about, uh, particularly, she's a teen specialist, you know, and I think just remembering that if there's low moods or, or that sort of thing, or actually it doesn't you want to be empathetic and you want to offer support but actually it doesn't have to kind of then oh otherwise you're all pulled down or that sort of thing okay so let's talk about this why do we do this we say that we're just why do we use that word just so often as mums maybe dads but (laughs) definitely mums we're not paid are we that's the first point is it it's it's not a paid job. We don't get an appraisal. We don't get a certificate. We we don't get told necessarily that we're, we're doing a good job. So we have to kind of tell ourselves that it's important. And often we don't recognise how intellectual mothering is. So when people think about mothering, they're thinking about changing nappies and, you know, looking after the child, but also keeping the house tidy. And it can be seen as quite a lot of drudgery quite a lot of repetitive Mm. mindless tasks but actually if we think about the real mothering and the real being able to settle your baby and to manage your child's emotions there's some real intellectual work that goes on there we have Mm. to um, be really intuitive and we have to really embrace our feminine skills which aren't necessarily as thought about as often as as being really valuable skills you know in the workplace you don't get recognized you do get recognised for being a good team player, but you wouldn't get recognised as to how well you've done someone's appraisal or mm. how well you've settled them if they came into work feeling low. Um, you'd get celebrated on completing the project. Um, yes, yeah. So um, so I guess it's like a, thinking of it as if it was a job description then, thinking of the skills that would be on that job description, basically. Yes. So yeah. as a mother... I mean, there would be an amazing range of skills, wouldn't there, then, yes. that would be on that job description, as if you were in a corporate job or yes. another, you know, another kind of job. 
Yes, but they're not recognised then. No, they're not valued perhaps as much as, much as they should be. Exactly. I mean, if you think about the time, if you've ever had a colicky baby, you know, and everyone's babies are different, but I know mums that really struggled with colicky babies might feel they haven't been doing a job for all those months that they couldn't stop their child from crying. Mm. But as we just said earlier, there's lots of reasons why the child's crying and they're doing their best to help that child, but they can't necessarily find out all the answers um but you're doing the best you can and you're nurturing that child and and just being there for that child is a great skill but is that recognized in the corporate world it wouldn't be so it's it's really realizing that that really matters to your child and just being there sometimes and just holding their hand is enough yeah and actually doing less can be doing more absolutely and the and also the balancing you mentioned about the information. There's so much information out there. Yeah. I think there's way more information out there probably when than when my own children were born. Um, how do mums manage all that? That that overload of it. I mean, it's like if you go- when I googled um, what the word, you know, the word. I mean, there is a lot of information there's now tons. that we have social media and all that sort of stuff. Yes, and for me, I love reading and researching stuff, and I did buy a lot of books, and we have lots and lots of podcasts out there. Um, mm. Maybe podcasts, I think, are more accessible and easier to digest because, mm. you know, it's it's half an hour, an hour, whereas reading a book can take a, a lot longer than yeah. that. So I really, really am thankful for the great podcasts that are out there because I think you can soak up quite a lot of information, but you don't have to take it all on board and choose just one to follow I think you do need to soak up quite a broad range of information and then make your own minds up between you and your partner or whoever else you're you're parenting with or you know the type of nursery you choose is the right ethos for you it's all about how you feel isn't it and having confidence in yourself in in your own intuition and making those yeah decisions yourself because I remember the whole weaning thing as well when mine were younger it was the um what do they call it? Self-led. Do, yeah. Do is that do, what it's called? Self-led yeah, weaning finger, or whatever. Finger foods, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And uh, versus making all the mashes and spoon feeding them. Yeah, it's two quite different techniques. And then if you do have parents who are involved, there, there's also the the influence. I remember the whole. Um, because obviously there was a lot of research done, wasn't it, that actually said you shouldn't be weaning, was it under six months yes. or something? Whereas, you know, I remember um, my own mum saying, oh, we used to, you know those rusks that you used to yes. get or whatever they were? Oh, you can put that in and, you know, when they're like from, I don't know, four months or mm. something and they sleep a lot better and all that kind of thing. Yes. So you've also got, um, you know, if, if, if mums have got family who are involved, you've got that influence haven't you yes. sort of coming into play and as it's, well it's lovely to have all of that information but sometimes it can feel overwhelming mm. but if you are able to sort of take a step back have a bit of time and space to think about it and then just choose your own way and give it a try and if it, if you find it hasn't worked as well as you hoped you know maybe adding a bit of the other bits of information in that you've got too but I think ultimately you're going to have to make a choice and a decision absolutely right well let's take it let's um we're going to have a a song break and when we come back let's let's kind of finish up with some you know your top tips Rebecca on how we can get well I don't think we're ever going to get rid of it are we we're not not going to get rid of parental (laughs) guilt but how we can manage it I suppose and not allow it to 
over overwhelm us probably um so we're going to talk about that so so we can go away you know feeling positive (laughs) about it all so the second song that you've chosen is beautiful people ed sheeran featuring kelly tell us tell us why you love that one so it's perfect about not feeling like you have to fit in with the cool kids on instagram or cool all the great mums on instagram you have to sort of take a step back and do it your way ah brilliant Windsor, Windsor, Ascot, Ascot Maidenhead, Maidenhead, Bracknell, Bracknell Wokingham, Wokingham, Henley, Henley Reading. Reading. Okay. Ta-da. The voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. On a Saturday night in the summer. Sundown and they all come out Lamborghinis and they rented hummus The party's on so they're heading downtown Everybody's looking for a come up And they wanna know what you're about Me in the middle with the one I love it We're just trying to figure everything out We don't fit in well Cause we are just ourselves I could use some help Getting out of this conversation yeah, You look stunned so don't ask that question here This is my only fear that we become Beautiful people Top designer clothes From profession shows What you do and who you know Inside the world Beautiful people Champagne and roll up nose Breathing up some broken holes Surrounded but still Yeah, that's not who we are. 
and welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Rebecca Hogan from Rebecca Hogan Coaching Therapies, and we've been um, chatting about that parental guilt, the super mum image, matrescence, did I say that probably that time, like adolescence, but for when you're going from um, pre-children, I guess, to then becoming a mother, so that whole transition. If you've missed any parts of the show, you can listen again through our website or on podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and you can listen to us anytime on mobile, just download your Apple app, Google app, ask Alexa to play River Radio Live, or through the website, river.radio radio um so we've we've sort of talked about the guilt why it's unnecessary you know these these um um, that it's you know it's okay to let go and to not be this perfect mother it it basically it's just not it's not realistic so what are your top tips Rebecca for how we can you know actually not just sort of recognize it or talk about it but how we can actually move away from this guilt that that we have not just when our children are young but you know all the time um so be kind to yourself okay be kind to yourself you're only human and you're learning and growing along with your child so you don't have to be perfect to be awesome as we said we need to practice more self-compassion in life and definitely as a parent um, to realize our strengths and what we do well and then when we do something wrong to not beat ourselves up about it but instead Mm. try and learn from it and I think to be a great mum is a bit like being a great coach which is being curious asking questions of ourselves working out yeah how to do things differently next time it's a bit of reflection so we can reflect on it but not um go over it and over and over and over because that is just not that but that's not being kind is it to ourselves as you said not helpful let go let go of it you've learned from it and you're moving moving on Okay, what else is another tip that we can take away? So it's really powerful when you feel these thoughts and feelings coming up to reframe them so you can quickly catch yourself. So if you hear yourself in your own head or out loud saying, I'm just a mum or, oh gosh, I could have done that better. I should have done it this way. Stop Mm. and rephrase it. It really, really is powerful. So instead of saying, I should have put that snack in my daughter's bag earlier so I didn't forget, um, oh, next time I'll put it in the bag. And and then and acknowledge yes. maybe five other things that perhaps we did, did get right. Did well, exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a really good exercise to do that, especially when you're a new mum, but any mum and any person really every day to think what went really well today and focus on that. I used to, I remember the mums that used to have what I call the magic bags. I mean, I got better at it as I went along, but I'd be like, what that was in your bag? What, and that's in your bag? And what else have you got? And they would just all come, and it was like, seriously, how many hours did that take you to pack that bag? My friend had a great thing for that because she used to see me. She was on her second child, I was on my first. And Uh. I'd turn up with this bag and I couldn't even shut the zip properly. And she'd say... (laughs) Rebecca, for everything else, there's MasterCard. Or oh, Visa okay. Or- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, and so um, what about this? Uh, so t- talking, talking then about what's real and yeah, uh, it's it's sort of exploring what's realistic, and 
why are you why are you feeling bad about it so sometimes it's something a bit more deep than just forgetting a snack or whatever and then it's really worth getting some headspace and thinking about is this because I've gone against my values or you know why is this mattering what is it that's causing okay. me to feel this way so if there's something that you find that you can't let go of yeah it, so it might be a little bit deeper yeah if you understand it then you can take the power away from it or you know get your power back um, to feel better okay okay um and then what else what else can you tell us be curious and communicate more it allows you to connect more with the people that matter to you so I remember um when I first became a mum that I did find times with my husband a bit more touchy especially when we were tired or we hadn't had our dinner yet and with my mum as well there were things that came up that I wanted to do differently and oh you know it just felt a bit emotional at times and it was about talking about it before it became too emotional and asking questions in a certain way of being curious so quite often I'd say well I'm finding it really hard to do it like that and I'm wondering about trying this and sort of trying to bring people along the journey with you and helping you work it out okay with you so you work as a team more than sort of coming up with different and then ideas. I guess not getting defensive if yes. somebody suggests something yes something different okay and then the other thing that I I, this this you know the idea of um you know with our children as well especially as they get a bit older is is also letting them know as you said about it's it's not something we've done before we haven't gone to university to learn how to be a parent we haven't really done a course have we unless you might have done an antenatal class or nct or something like that it's not you know it's not like um you know i think what goes into driving a car obviously you need to but compared to raising a child it's kind of you know there's no we don't get a license do we we don't do a practical then a theory and then get a license and um you know I do sometimes think maybe we need something like that but um um so I think sharing that you know I I I know I have done that myself when it's like the you know obviously I I do have a teenager so it's the comment of well what have you done to and then you know sometimes I can find myself getting quite cross and then I'll actually reel off well do you really want to know and then I reel off this massive list of a hundred things and it's like just don't ask me again (laughs) or just you know so I suppose being honest as well and recognizing and acknowledging what a mother and, and parent what a father as well especially in the last couple of years um are doing yes. in a normal day I quite often say to my daughter when she's sort of coming up against me with with things I say to her well you know how would you like to do it how do you think it could be done better and or I say to her that's a good okay yeah so it's so, so it's not kind of telling them off or getting all you know upset about it then it's that saying well how would you yeah it's coming it? back to that team of your, your household you, you've got to work things out as a team so I say to her well my job is to get you to school so how can we do this how would it feel easier or better to you okay. bearing in mind you can't make more time no that's <laughs> but you right. can do things how in an order you would like to do yeah so, so that powers them a little bit yes. or to take ownership I suppose yes yeah. working with them okay um and then how so you've mentioned about that that some of the reasons we might feel the guilt perhaps a 
possibly too much or if it's the same thing that is coming up is perhaps there is something a little bit deeper that we need to understand whether that's come from what our own childhood or influences yes and 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 you work with people to us so so tell us about that how how people can work with you if they want to do a bit more yes of course so um there's things that you might not work out why you're feeling them so why can't I sit and be with my baby why do I feel the need to rush around and do all the jobs and prove Mm. to my husband that I've been productive today that's something I struggled with and that's what coaching really helped me with so what you do is you go back to what what you want life to feel like and be like and what the gap is in between and why that's hard to bridge that gap why you can't stop yourself from from behaving in a certain pattern okay Um, and yeah working out why really gives you some light bulb moments and then it makes it so much easier and things just start to happen better okay and you start to feel how you want to feel in motherhood okay so people can do that with you through coaching yeah and you've also got a guide that people yes. can get so yes. so um so at rebeccahogancoaching.com yes so that hopefully some more tips in there through. yeah there's six steps the first one we talked about being kind to yourself and then we talked a bit about you know valuing yourself feeling um, what strengths you have so that's three of the steps that we go through and then the final one we go through is about connection so once you nail the first five steps that's when you can really connect as a family and really feel great in motherhood and I love that you you are you can you offer a free call initially so just to chat through whether it is something yeah it's great to get to know people and then they can hear from me how I think I can help them and if people join a course before the end of the March, March, tell us about that. Yes, there's two fantastic books. I couldn't decide which to offer. Oh. One is from my first coach, Danny, which is all about loving yourself, being proud of yourself. And the second one is The Memorising Formula, which is The Six Steps. So there's two great books there by two great ladies, Danny Watson and Amy Taylor Cabaz. I'd quite like, I'd quite like. Yeah, I'll, quite get like copy, I'll get you a copy, Rachel. I'll get you a copy. So we have, so we've covered loads of information. Um, we've run out of time but if if you want to listen back you can uh, listen back on podcast wherever you listen to your podcast just search for river radio school of parenting or on river.radio through our website thank you so much thank rebecca again i'm sure I've, i i know i say this sometimes i really wish i'd known you before i had children but anyway it's not too late no, it's, it's not too, too late. late i still have a tween a tween and a teen um so thank you so much uh, rebecca for sharing oh, all that information pleasure. thank you for having me so that's, that was um, Rebecca Hogan from Coaching Therapies. And next week on the show, we have another Rebecca. We have Rebecca Heaps from the fabulous Tent Share, which is a sustainable camping community. Do you ever go camping? I do. <laughs> it's, it's really good fun, I can't isn't wait it? to hear that. Um, yeah, so um, Tent Share is all about you can either... Um, share your tent and make money so if you have a tent like we do and it just sits in the in the shed (laughs) or you can if you if maybe camping is something that you're thinking about you can actually rent a tent um, rather than just going out and buying one and and then you can save money that way but um, Rebecca's also going to be sharing loads of other information about um camping um how great it is and how sustainable it is um and then coming up later on river radio um tune in from seven o'clock to um this evening for inside the music scene with tara dean music and tara is going to be joined by the owner of off the tap 
um, Maidenhead Toby and they're going to talk about all the music venue and the events that are being held there. So thank you for listening. Thank you again, Rebecca. Tell us about this last song, Titanium, David Guetta featuring Sia, why you love that one. I love it because I think it's a really empowering song about being strong and getting up again and you can do it. Brilliant. Okay, well, we're going to finish with that final song. Uh, Join me next week on School of Parenting, the school you want to come back to because family life doesn't come with a manual. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Machine!